this morning. Uh, it's always a blessing to come here and to serve Jesus Christ with you. As Sister Laura said, I was in Jamaica when I received the text and she said, Brother, it's time for you to come again and to share. And I told her, I said, you know what? I, I really don't have to think twice whenever time I am asked to come and serve this local church. And I must say, beyond a shadow of a doubt, you guys are Jesus loving and true. Pure authenticity comes out with every interaction I so happen to have with you. You cannot make this thing up. It's either it's real or it's not, okay? And to God be the glory. You guys are also mature. It's a mature group of Jesus-loving people. I, I know that God in his sovereignty is constantly working things out on your behalf and in your life. And just this morning, I, I, I feel like the Lord wants me to, to encourage the body of Christ. In other words, the Lord sees and he knows exactly what's going on in your life. What's going on in your world. He has seen the many prayers you have prayed, okay? And he is listening to your heart. And in his timing, he will make all things beautiful. And if you are here and you do not know Jesus Christ, it is our prayer while you're in his house that you will leave here knowing him personally as Lord and Savior. His truth is marching on. If you're not sure, let me tell you, according to the Bible, he is coming again. I don't know when he'll show up, but I do know this. He's not a man that he should lie. And God has spoken and let the church say amen. He is coming again. The signs of the times are everywhere crystal clear as a matter of fact i believe he's closer today than he was <laughs> yesterday i i am i i am convinced you may say well i've been hearing that since i was a child me too but the difference is god has spoken and whenever time he speaks things happen remember in the beginning god said what let there be and things happen right Yes, yes, man. Yes, lady. It is true. Turn with me real quickly in your Bibles. All right. I wondered if uh, Dr. Chris was, was reading my sermon somehow this morning during uh, our Sunday school lesson. Okay. You, as I said, you really cannot make these things up. And I'm very encouraged whenever time the Lord goes before us. You know what I mean? And do whatever he wants done and we get to partner with him. Okay? So here we go. Acts of the Apostles. Right? You know the book? It comes after Luke. Alright? Dr. Luke. God has a tendency of using doctors. Right? I, I'm just saying. He uses anybody he wants. But uh, you can see according to Luke here. In Acts chapter 1. Beginning with verse 1. Okay? And I'll be reading all 26 verses. Context is king. Context is king. But before we read, let's pray. Father, 
in Jesus' name. I pray, God, that you be glorified. I pray that I will decrease and you will increase. I pray for every person in this room under the sound of my voice that they would be encouraged, God, that you would raise up and build up in the most holy faith. God, we're not just asking you for a touch for today. We ask you for a touch every single day, God, as we represent you in this earth as ambassadors of Jesus Christ. You have given unto us the ministry of reconciliation and God we we surrender fresh our lives to you as I preach your word speak clearly to your people for your glory and your glory alone in Jesus' name amen so here we go beginning with verse 1 Acts chapter 1 in my first book I told you, Theophilus, right, simply means lover of God, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit, during 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared. Okay, remember we sang that song? He lives. He lives, right? He is alive. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. He had a lot to say about the kingdom of God. And like his subjects, I believe it is very important, and I would even go a little further to say, it is incumbent upon us as kingdom subjects to preach repentance and salvation in Jesus' name so that people will be translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of Yes, it's their son. So we are kingdom people about kingdom. We should be about kingdom business. Okay? Once when he was eating with them. No, I'm not sure if you enjoy eating like me. Whenever time it's time to eat, it's a very solemn moment. Okay, the conversations are very serious. Uh, there is no light thing goes on at my dinner table whenever time we're eating. Sometimes I remain silent. But here you see Jesus Christ is, 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 is getting a little bit more personal with his disciples before leaving them, going back to the Father. So he says, you know, um, do not leave Jerusalem during mealtime until the Father sends you the what? The gift he promised, Holy Spirit, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized what? With the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Okay, you see that word again? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. And they are not for you to know. But you will receive what? Power, dunamis power, dynamite power, dynamic power, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my 
witnesses telling people about me only in Selbyville. Right? Or only in the United States of America. Or only in Sussex County. How about just the state of Delaware, right? No, that's not what it says. Everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and even in Samaria, the people you despise the most, I am I'm about to send you to those people and to the ends of the earth. I love missions. I am here today clothed in my right mind because Jesus Christ almost 20 years ago used missionaries from Sussex County to build a place called Team Challenge in Jamaica. Are you listening to me? I am a living testimony of God's goodness in and through his missionary servants in the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching. So his disciples saw him for over 40 days, right? They were with him. He broke bread with them. I know it was time for him to go back to the Father. And they all gathered together and they saw that, didn't they? After saying this, he was taking up while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but, but, someday... He will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a distance of half a mile. When they arrived, they went to the upstairs room of the house where they were staying. Here are the names of those who were present. Now, I want you to know that Luke was not just a medical doctor. He was also a brilliant historian. He took the time out to make sure this guy, Theophilus, understood the gospel clearly. He did his homework. He researched all of this. This as we have it here in God's word was inspired by the spirit of God. This is not something Luke learned in medical school. He was inspired by the spirit of God who guided his thoughts. And he was very careful to do his homework. This is not, okay, artificial intelligence produce something for me. No, this was carefully researched. But then you had to do your homework, okay? It's not like today when you can just type into a system and it reproduces all the answers. I don't know what's going on. Oh, God have mercy upon us. Anyways, let's, let's stick with the scripture here. So when they arrived, they went to the upstairs. These are the names. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip. By the way, if you're in a backslidden state, the Spirit of God is saying to you, today is the day where you should repent. Okay? Repent and return. You see, it's a slow fade. God is loving and true and merciful and kind. It's not his will that none should perish, right? You know, I, I, I highlighted Peter's name on purpose. Because remember what Peter did? He denied 
the Christ. But after the resurrection, the Lord appeared to him. And guess whose name is mentioned in the book? So there is grace available for you today in Jesus' name. So Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, the Zealot, and Judas, right? Of course, we're not talking about the one who, you know, betrayed him right son of james they all met together right and were constantly united in prayer along with mary the mother of jesus several other women were also there and the brothers of jesus during this time when about 120 believers were together in one place peter again praise god how many of us are uh, grateful for grace right peter stood up and addressed them brothers he said the scriptures had to be fulfilled concerning judas who guided those who arrested jesus this was predicted long ago by the who by the holy spirit speaking through david judas was one of us and shared in the ministry with us judas had bought a field with the money he received for his treachery falling head first there his body split open spilling out all over all his intestines sorry the news of his death spread to all the people of jerusalem and they gave the place the Aramaic name, Al-Kadama, which means field of blood. Peter continued, this was written in the book of Psalms. Remember, all scriptures are what? Inspired by God. Where it says, let his home be desolate with no one living in it. It also says, let someone else take his position. So we must now choose a replacement for Judas from among the men who were with the Lord Jesus. From the time he was baptized by John until the day he was taken up from us. Whoever is chosen will join us as a witness of Jesus' resurrection. So they nominated two men. Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justice and Matthias. Then they all prayed, O Lord, you know every heart. Okay? You know every heart. Show us which of these men you have chosen as an apostle to replace Judas in this ministry. For he has deserted us and gone where he belongs. Then they cast lots. Of course, the Lord used it in a very powerful way back in the day. I don't think we're practicing this today, all right? Our bodies are the temple. The Spirit of God is speaking to us individually and collectively. But they used the system back in the day. Then they cast lots. And Matthias was selected to become um, an apostle with the other 11. And the title of the message is simply this. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is biblical. Yes. Brothers and sisters, I understand some of us like me, I can say me. I was also raised Catholic. That is the reason why my name is Saint clear it didn't dawn on you guys <laughs> no seriously true story i went to all catholic schools as a kid growing up i i can't remember the prayers now all i remember is hail mary no disrespect to my catholic friends you know what i mean christ shed his blood for them as well okay and so the baptism in the holy spirit some of us were raised you know lutherans you know baptist whatever the case may be i do understand however the word of god trumps all of that i mean every every knee 
will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Okay? And so therefore I come in his name preaching his word hoping you'll be encouraged before you leave here. So the baptism in the Holy Spirit is biblical. On the day of Pentecost, the new church experienced an awesome outpouring of the Holy Spirit. God never intended though, this would be a one-time historical marker of the church. Some people tell you, the baptism of the Holy Spirit died with the apostles. Hogwash. Not true. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is available today for all those who name the name of Jesus Christ. It is God's gift to us. He wants us to experience the revival and power of Pentecost over and over again in every church, every generation, and every believer's life. By examining carefully the events leading up to that first Pentecost, we can, we can take steps to proceed or precede a personal Pentecost. Here's a warning though. We should not look for a recipe we can follow to ensure an outpouring of the Spirit in our churches today. There's absolutely no recipe. It is a move of God. One that you cannot fabricate. You will know when the Spirit of God is in your midst. I'm telling you, He is here. He is here. He is here. Oh, we sang and we lifted our hands and one brother's prophet. He's here. It's a miracle. I love when Jesus is in the building. Yes, chains are broken when he's in the building. One word from his lips and a thousand problems are solved. Are you kidding me? Oh, how we want to hear from heaven this morning. And so the church will say, speak, Lord. Oh, we're listening to you. We should not look for a recipe. Instead, we should see the Holy Spirit's coming as a supernatural outgrowth of certain attitudes and actions on the part of believers then and now. So, what makes a church or our lives conducive to the Holy Spirit's coming? I'm glad you asked. There are four qualities according to the passage of scripture we just read. Okay? When churches or individual Christians begin to display these qualities, we open ourselves up to a tremendous work of God's Holy Spirit. Four qualities. You don't even have to listen ultimately to what I say. Go home and read all 26 verses in chapter 1 of the book of Acts. You see, we call it the book of Acts or Acts of the Apostles, but it's simply actions of the Holy Spirit upon and through the Apostles. You remember what Jesus Christ said? Upon this rock, I will build my church. We are blocks. Okay? According to the scriptures, we're a part of the building, the body, and the gifts, the reason.
listening, the congregation, the schemes of hell, no sickness, no disease, not even death can prevail against the body of Christ. Words of Jesus Christ. But he said to his disciples, it is interesting, he didn't send his disciples into the world, into Jerusalem, before they received power from on high. I wonder why. I wonder why. But let us come through the qualities. The first quality the Christian community displayed following Jesus' ascension is obedience. Dr. Chris, you said it. I'm like, man, he's just preaching my sermon already. Obedience. That was the first quality they all displayed. The disciples obeyed Jesus' command to return to Jerusalem and wait for the Spirit's coming. He didn't tell them how long they should have waited. However, in obedience to the risen Jesus Christ, they obeyed and they went to the place we call the upper room. But the disciples may have been eager to share the good news. You feel like they would have been eager to share. Jesus is alive. How about that? Don't tell it on the mountain. Jesus is alive. No. They went in obedience to what Jesus Christ said to them. Jesus is alive again and had ascended to heaven. It would have been true. Would it not have been? It is true. Jesus had told them to wait. So they did. We disobey if we try to do more or less than God himself commands us to do. The relationship between obedience and blessing is a theme in scripture. Two widows were blessed by Elijah and Elisha because they obeyed. The lepers were cleansed because they obeyed Jesus. Saul received his sight because he obeyed Jesus. The disobedient will always miss the good things God has planned for them. Is that not true? It is true. Remember what the Lord said to Saul. I want you to go in. And I'm not asking you. I'm telling you what I want done. I want you to destroy every living thing when you show up. He didn't tell him this was my act of judgment upon these people. Of course, God doesn't owe us anything to reveal anything to us whenever time he speaks. He's God all by himself. How many of us would prefer um, uh, God telling us about the beginning and everything in between? <laughs> and then the finish line, right? How many of us know he oftentimes does whatever he wants? without consulting anybody and he will even let us pout and throw a fit and he's still daddy G right come on you know what I'm talking about right. yes but he said to the king the king who was chosen of course you know he was a permissive king God wanted to be the ultimate king but in spite of him giving permission he gave clear instructions to King Saul he goes go in there and kill everybody no you may say what, a, what, what kind of God is that a just God who will always punish sin by the way so you know a judgment is coming I'm not here to condemn anybody but according to the scriptures right it's either turn or burn <laughs> alright alright I'm not going to stick on that too much right 
Obedience is still better than sacrifice. You see, partial obedience is still disobedience, church. Let me say that one more time. Partial obedience is disobedience. When God speaks, he is clear on every matter. He has this thing figured out. And we are his kingdom subjects. Okay? Don't forget. Alright? We are not God. As a matter of fact, my wife will tell you. Sometimes I pretend as if I am. I hope this is not being recorded. Probably got to get rid of that. Okay? The second quality the Christian community displayed following Jesus' ascension was unity. You said that too this morning, Dr. Chris. When you tie cats, don't try it, tails together, you have union. But you do not have unity. Is that true? Don't try it, please. Do not go home and try to tie the tails of your cats, okay? Not advised. I'm just trying to make a point here. So you can do that, but there is no unity. The church of Jesus Christ is often like this. People may sometimes all be together in union. Their names are all on the membership roll or on the contribution board. But their differences, is that true? Bad feelings, hidden agendas, uh, and, and turf to protect. But as the body of Christ, the true body of Christ, brothers and sisters, we must get, get past these things. We must rise above our differences by offering forgiveness and love. You hear me? By offer how many times should you forgive your brother now? According to the Bible. And by, by the way, Christ was bold enough to say daily. They were accustomed to 70 times 7 in a week. And Christ goes 70 times 7 in a day, especially if they come back and ask for your forgiveness. Forgive them. That's what the Bible says. No special grace is given to us to do this. Christ will not tell us to do anything outside of his word and his will. If he tells us to do anything, his word is already there. To back it up, it's true. He's also provided everything we need for life and godliness. Do not allow unforgiveness to rule on the throne of your heart. It will make you sick. It's like drinking poison and hoping the person you're bitter towards dies. It doesn't work that way. I'm, I, I get it. It's one of those hot topics within the body of Christ, even within marriages. But I have discovered, and I am still discovering, the more I practice the graces of God towards my wife and my family and the body of Christ, oh, the sweeter my life is. I'm telling you, there is just something about it. Just do it. It's difficult. I get it, but just do it, right? God has spoken. Do it. If you don't, the consequences are unbearable. So, unforgiveness. No, that's a very touchy subject. So when you forgive, you do it in the name of, of love because God is, God is love. All right, Remember, we are children of God. We must be truly reconciled in Christ. We must be truly reconciled in Christ and practice these qualities. Acts chapter 2 verse 1 tells us, they were all together in one place. The obedience of Jesus' followers led naturally to a state of unity. A hundred 
and 20 of Jesus' followers stayed together for 10 days in a large upper room. Some of them were apostles. Others were ordinary believers who had chosen to follow Jesus. Some were men. Some were women. Right? There's a possibility also that some were wealthy than others. Some probably had more prestige or social standing. Some were related to Jesus. His mother and brothers were in the group. Some had denied. Remember Peter, he denied Christ. Right? Or some of them rejected him like his brothers. None of these differences were important there. They were together. They were united. The Bible talks about that too. That we should be what? United in the spirit, right? With the bond of the bond of peace. Yes. Be united in the spirit. In 1901, a group of Bible college students, including one of their professors, decided to study the book of Acts together. And before you know it, what happened? The spirit of God showed up mightily. A revival broke out. And by the way, that happened right here in the United States in a place called Topeka, Kansas. The Spirit of God showed up mightily. This Caesar Street Revival, if you're a Pentecostal, you probably know this story, was an historic Pentecostal revival meeting that took place in Los Angeles, California. Right? And it's the origin of the Pentecostal movement. It was led by a guy named William J. Seymour. An African-American preacher. It began with a meeting on April 9th, 1906 and continued until roughly 1915. The revival was characterized by ecstatic spiritual experiences accompanied by miracles, dramatic worship services, speaking in tongues and interracial mingling. The participants were criticized by the secular media of course they're still doing it today and Christian theologians for behaviors considered to be outrageous and unorthodox especially at the time today the revival is considered by historians to be the primary catalyst for the second spread of Pentecostalism in the 21st century or in the 20th century the baptism of the Spirit of God is biblical. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Though we do understand that emotionalism is also one of the concerns within the body of Christ. Where some of us, like me, I'm an extrovert. And if I'm not careful, I will try to not knowingly, I must say that, not knowingly, okay, please forgive me. I will champion the conversation because I'm an extrovert. And then my poor introvert friend is like, be quiet, shut up. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to discern with the help of the spirit, okay, concerning when there is a natural, authentic move of God's spirit like this morning. I'm telling you. I could have said, if I was allowed, let's do the benediction. We had just met with the Lord and it would have been okay. But because I was asked to preach here, I am preaching my life out. And I'm sweating on top of it. Praise God. So, 
Unity was there. The people were obedient. And the third quality, um, the community displayed after Jesus' ascension was prayer. A prayer life is one of the most important life you can ask Christ for as you serve him on this side of heaven. Prayer is the life of the church. The Christian life and the church cannot be built on programs. No matter how wonderful the programs are. Hello? See prayer, a believer or group of believers submits to the Lord and depends on his will and leadership. Now we thank God for good programs, right? But those are secondary. We need to hear clearly from the Lord. We need to be guided. Some of these programs, they have nothing to do with Jesus Christ. Hello? They have absolutely nothing to do with Jesus Christ. They are more geared towards cuddling the flesh. Oh, sorry. Okay, let's move on right on. Let's go. Let's do it. I'm not going there. The believers prayed constantly. They lived in an attitude of prayer. Praying constantly should be a way of life for us. This prayer includes talking to and listening to God. Praying means staying in touch with God. The Bible encourages us to pray without ceasing. For the Christian, prayer is like calling home daily. The early church prayed and Peter was released from jail. They couldn't even believe it. That's what my Bible says. After they were arrested, the church decided to pray. They met and they started praying. And all of a sudden, Peter showed up. So the girl who came up to the door, instead of opening the door for Peter to come in, she turned around and ran. Can you believe that? They were praying specifically for God to intervene, to deliver Peter. And delivered Peter showed up. <laughs> she goes, I saw a ghost right here, right? Of course, he goes, no, no, no. It's me, Peter. Let me in, right? That's what prayer will do. You see, prayer not only changes things. Prayer changes us. Amen? Yes. So they prayed. They tarried. They waited. And the fourth and final quality, the Christian community displayed following Jesus' ascension was they studied and applied the scriptures. They did. So they were obedient. They were in unity. They prayed. And they studied and applied the scriptures. Remember what Peter said? It was already written that Judas would have done this. Okay? And according to the scriptures, let us choose someone who... Who, who saw everything that happened while Christ was here. So in obedience, they went to the upper room, okay? They were in unity, all right? Remember this. They were in unity, and they started praying. Everybody showed up. 120 showed up there. And of course, they studied and applied the scriptures. Another important preparation for the Holy Spirit's coming is studying and applying scriptures, church. The Lord evidently did not give instructions about replacing Judas, right? He didn't give them any clear instructions, right? 
But because it was already documented in the scriptures, Peter knew exactly where it was and he said it. The disciples could no longer turn to Jesus physically for direction. They followed the pattern that all Christians since have used first in seeking God's guidance. Do the scriptures provide direction? Luke records, brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled concerning Judas who served as a guide for those who arrested Jesus. See reading Psalm 69, 25 and 109 verse 8, the disciples were assured that indeed the scriptures anticipated Judas being replaced. Peter says that the Holy Spirit spoke through David as believers. We base our faith on the Bible, placing scriptures on a level above humans. The Bible is our guide to God and heaven. I'm telling you, all these other books are secondary. We read the newspaper for information. We read the Bible for inspiration and transformation. It's God's word. It's alive. Have you ever read one passage of scripture multiple times and you realize that there's some nuances to it? Nothing new, but you've never seen it before. And as I close, Acts chapter 1 verses 12 through 26 suggests that when a Christian or a church corporately does certain things, that person or church prepares for a powerful moving of God the Holy Spirit. We must be totally committed to obeying the Lord. We must be willing to commit time to be together in unity, not just union. We must live lives of constant prayerfulness and be people of the word seeking guidance and truth from the Bible daily when we follow the example of the early church in these areas there is no telling what God will do brothers and sisters difficulty will come some of us are probably in a storm some of us probably just came up out of a storm some of us are weathering the storm wherever you are on this journey God is still God he is still good he has spoken his promises are true he is for us there is a dying world out there and the world cannot save itself as a matter of fact I'm not going to stress this but I can't help myself we live in a world where people are calling right, wrong, and wrong. <coughs> Am I being recorded here, Paul? You promised me. Am I being live shown anywhere? Uh, growing up as a boy, my mom taught me the difference between male and female. This Bible has made it abundantly clear. We do understand 
that we have a lot of biological things that happens to children as they grow up but God has not changed his mind concerning who we are and in whose image we were created no we're going to love those people in Jesus' name but we're also going to speak the truth in love we have to we just have to we have to do it Reverend Weymouth we just have to it's not just love oh, oh can it be forgiven if it's love yeah we get it but love comes with responsibility according for God so love you know what John preached you know what kind of message John preached he goes he shows up and he looked so weird he wore camel clothing and he ate wild locusts and he would have probably smelled a little off <laughs> and he's telling people don't say it the Lord repent repent he goes you brood of vipers repent you see persecution is not something new to Christianity as a matter of fact it was persecution after the ascension and baptism of the spirit upon the 120 it took them almost even over 20 years just so you know did you know that they didn't just leave after they were baptized they got comfortable and cozy yeah it took them somewhere around 20 years after persecution came upon them to start leaving jerusalem to start going into samaria that's how philip met the ethiopian eunuch it was persecution so when you pour persecution upon the body of christ guess what happens she grows she flourishes why because the spirit of god is upon her and he said it i will build my church persecution can't stop it the government can't stop it they don't even know what to do with us <laughs> they really don't know it's true they don't know they really don't know we're trying to figure out we're going to keep them quiet well you can keep us quiet you can shut the building but you can't take Christ away from us so we're going to pray in the confines of our homes right come on and by the way church excuse my English and I'm going to close every time you hear a preacher say he's going to close he's asking for more time but I promise him <laughs> so here's the thing forgive my English as I said, the title is Baptism in the Spirit of God is Biblical. And it's for all of us who name the name of Christ. Persecution is a coming. Let me say it again. Are you hearing me? Persecution is on its way. I just read an article. Now you tell me if the devil is not trying to pick a fight. You tell me. The article says... If you refuse to call someone their preferred name, you could possibly go to jail for up to five years. I just read that. And I'm like, that is a straight up bull face picking a fight. 
because God help me and I have to be wise and we should be we should never be nasty we should speak the truth in love but please don't tell me please don't ask me my wife and I have this conversation all the time and I told her I said girl I, I believe this is the final straw when you're telling me to call you something other than what the Bible calls you. You know, I, I, God help us to not bow down to any statue erected anywhere in the world. Remember what happened to the Hebrew boys? I mean, did they not maintain their loyalty and commitment to the Lord? God will watch over us. Truth wins, ultimately. Truth is a person. His name is Jesus. The apostles died believing that Christ was the Messiah. They died, all of them. John was boiling hot oil. And in Revelation it says, If we as the church haven't hear, we should hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. So thank you again for having me. The Lord bless you guys. I love you guys. You know, I'll turn the microphone back over to this lovely group. Um, I'm praying for you guys. And um, in whatever way I can help, you know, you don't have to feel any kind of obligation to me. I just love you all. And there's nothing you can do about it, you know, but just love me in return. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for having me. <laughs>